Our scripture readings come from the Gospel and then from Acts. And the sermon text probably mostly comes from Acts with the command of Jesus to love tagged on to the end of it. We will read first Jesus' command from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. And then we'll turn to the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 44 through 48. Hear now this reading of God's Word. Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask Him in my name. And I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. And now from Acts chapter 10. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and and they invited him to stay for several days. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have to confess that I don't, in general, pay much attention to what's going on in the city of Las Vegas. Maybe you have been there. I have not. But recently, a news story out of Las Vegas caught my attention. Maybe you've seen that the magician, David Copperfield, who performs at the MGM hotel in Las Vegas, you've seen that he's being sued by somebody who got injured while he was performing a trick. It made me pay attention to the story, even though I could have fast-forwarded through Because David Copperfield, for me, evokes a certain nostalgia. Kind of like a lot of magic does, actually. I think about, and whether it's true or not, I picture in my head that when I was a kid, David Copperfield had TV specials where we would watch him perform his illusions and his magic tricks. David Blaine has been doing it more recently, But I just remember being astounded by some of the tricks I got to see. We all asked 
Is it real? How did he do it? And of course, the magician always responds with, a magician never reveals his tricks. But, but it doesn't, it's just that people like Copperfield, they're astounding. They amaze us. And the way they entertain mirrors the way that word astounded or the word amazed gets used in Scripture and in, especially in Acts. Magicians astound us, amaze us, surprise us, entertain us, and that is great. But that's not the gospel. And I hope that later we see that being astounded is wonderful, but the gospel is more than just being astounded. Being astounded and being amazed is where it starts, but by the end of the sermon and by the end of being astounded, God calls us to embody more. Now, early in Acts, if you read through, you will see that astounded and amazed and filled with awe are phrases and words that get used over and over and over again. And there's an interplay in Acts between being amazed and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's the presence of the Holy Spirit within the people who are filled that gives birth to the early church. Now these stories are amazing and they are astounding, like the passage here today is. And today, the people are astounded that the work of the Spirit falls on these Gentiles. And there's a couple specific reasons why this is so astounding. Peter has just preached to Cornelius, who's uh, a leader in the area and everybody gets called upon the, the Lord comes upon them so he's preaching in Acts 10 there's a group of circumcised believers or Jewish believers or, or believers who were, who were following Peter because they'd seen and experienced the power of God who are with him and then Peter begins preaching to a group of Gentiles and the Holy Spirit descends upon all of them who are there. The Holy Spirit descends upon the Gentiles. They receive the Holy Spirit, and it is clear to the circumcised believers who are here that the Gentiles have also received the Holy Spirit. And this is a good thing, but this is astounding. It's astounding, of course, because the Holy Spirit falling upon anybody is, in and of itself, an astounding thing to experience. It's amazing to watch it and to see it. And those who experience it early in Acts and don't know what it is, they don't know what to do with it, which is why they use the phrase amazed or astounded. But in this passage, it's not just that the Spirit falls upon people that is astounding. It really is who, who the Spirit falls upon that is also very astounding to these circumcised believers. The believing, the believers, they're, 
they're probably Jews who believe, these circumcised believers. And they never could have imagined in their earlier life that the power of God would have rested on, on Gentiles. Gentiles were outsiders. Gentiles were others. others. Gentiles were re- rejected or ignored. And according to everything that they had known about God, it was just easiest to build a wall that says the, the, the Jews were in and the Gentiles were out. And this, of course, carries into the beginnings of the early church and that wall between the two is being broken down. And there's, there's glimpses and they're starting to see that, this, that the Holy Spirit is trying to reach everybody. And they're starting to see that the power of God is going to be open to everyone. And in Acts, the church is, is quickly, very quickly, opening itself up so that God can reach beyond just the Jewish believers who started in Jerusalem there. And it's astounding to see God do this work. And it's even more astounding and awe-evoking because there's a great distance between these Jews and these Gentiles. The distance is significant. They wouldn't have initially, they, they, they didn't share towns and spaces unless they had to. But these Gentiles are, were supposed to see that they're not just the Gentiles who lived on the other side of the tracks. Those were the Samaritans. The, the Samaritans were the close family and friends who were estranged, maybe. But these Gentiles, these that get the Spirit in Acts 10, they are definitely other. And to bring it home in our time, the Gentiles were as far away from one another as, as, a, as a Republican politician from the Southeast and a liberal politician from the Far West. They were as far from one another as a U.S. citizen whose family has been here for hundreds of years and a refugee who just immigrated from a faraway place. They're as far as you can get from one another, from north to south, east to west, in and out. These believing Jews are witnessing these Gentiles who they couldn't imagine have been possibly becoming a part of their family, they're witnessing the Holy Spirit fall on them, and they are astounded. And then they rejoice, because the power of God is worth being astounded by, and they rejoice, and they're overwhelmed, and they take the next step. They remain together for several more days. They don't run when they see the Spirit falling on an outsider. Rather, they see the Spirit falling on someone and they draw near. They draw near because they see that that's where God is at work. And so in part, the message for us is that when the Holy Spirit descends, it should bring people together in ways that we don't expect. 
in ways we often struggle to imagine. But this is good. It's good because it's how God works. It's good because it's how we learn from one another. It's good because it's how we see the diversity of God pulling us beyond what we just know. And it's good because we see in God's love what else we might be called to do. And I think we're all called to something else after we've been astounded. Now, when I started writing this sermon, I thought that the, the subtitle, at least the working subtitle, was, was Be Astounded But Not Fearful. But where I ended up landing was Be Astounded, But Don't Just Settle for That. Because we're called to do more than be astounded. And that's how these two texts work together today. You see, in John 15, Jesus is finishing his ministry. We know he's about to go to the trial and to the garden and to the cross and to the resurrection and all of those things. And, and in his last message, he says, love. Love like I have loved you. Love and in by loving like I have, you remain in me, and I remain in you. Love. And as we remember all that Peter went through in trying to follow Jesus, surely this was in his mind as he's preaching. These believing Jews are with him, and the Spirit falls on the Gentiles, and he remembers what Jesus said, which was to love. And so Peter leans in with love. He's astounded. They're all astounded by the work of the Holy Spirit. But then they step into the call to love. And they remain with those who were outsiders so that they all might become insiders together. And it creates and reminds us of this Interplay that happens early in Acts that I may have mentioned earlier, which is there's a difference in Acts between being astounded and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And what we want is the latter. If you read all of the stories that lead up to Acts 10, you see that there are always a, there's always a group of people who are amazed and astounded by what happens through the Holy Spirit. And then there's a group of people who are filled with the Holy Spirit or, or who the Spirit comes upon. The first group is amazed and astounded. They enjoy the spectacle, but nothing changes. They merely enjoy the show and then move on. This happens in Jesus' ministry all the time. There were many more people who saw him do amazing things than actually followed him. And that's not the group that you want to be in. The second group is the group you want to be in. The second group is the one who are astounded and then experience the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit falls on them and they are filled with the Spirit. And it's almost as if they were astounded but they didn't settle for that. They were astounded and they didn't stop there. They were astounded 
and they leaned into love in order to be in order to move from being amazed to move to being filled with the spirit i think that's what happens in acts 10 and i think that's what we're called to i think we're called to be astounded but to not stop there i think we're called to be astounded but then to look and see how it is we embrace who the spirit is falling on with love. So we're called to be astounded, not fearful, and to not settle for the spectacle. Don't just settle for the spectacle. And that brings us back to where I started with David Copperfield. David Copperfield revealed how it is he did this trick that I think was called the 13. 13 audience members are placed on the stage and then they're hidden by a drape, I think. Like I hadn't seen the show, I just saw the news story. And those 13 members then of the audience escape through a trapdoor in the stage, make their way through corridors, a kitchen in the basement, and at the right time, when Copperfield commands, in the back of the audience they appear. And the audience is astounded. And I bet it's fun to see that show in person. I bet it's great to watch the assistance of the magician being sawn in half and people show up in other places and poofs and smarts and illusions and, and distractions. Because it's fun to be amazed, isn't it? It's not a bad thing. That's why we go to ball games and watch ball players hit home runs beyond what you and I can imagine. It's why we battle the crowds and go to Disney. Because we're amazed by the experience. It's why we gather for fireworks. Why we go to the movies. Why we look for exciting things to do. Because to be amazed or to be astounded or to be impressed or to be overwhelmed is an essential part of the human experience. But in the kingdom of God, it's not enough to just be astounded. It's not enough to be entertained or impressed by God. Because to be impressed by a show or a ball game or an experience can be something that you pick up and you leave behind. But the gospel calls us to carry with us love. We see in Jesus' life and in, and in his ministry that not everybody grasped that love. They were happy to be astounded, but they didn't have any interest in going deeper. And so maybe that's why at the end of his ministry he tells his disciples to love Love and serve one another. Be pulled beyond the spectacle of what the Spirit will do. <clears throat> and figure out how to be filled with my Spirit by being with one another. And I think that's what we see in Acts. Oh, there were many people around that early church who just saw the spectacle, were there to be impressed. They were amazed, astonished, even said, I don't know, those guys, they... 
Maybe they're just drunk on wine early in the morning. And those were the ones who weren't filled with love, who didn't step beyond the power of being astonished. And in the end, they're left on the outside. But that's not who we want to be. We want to be astounded by the power of God and then through faithfulness, through generosity with one another, through love, we engage and get filled with the power of the Spirit. Through staying with one another, through practicing faith together, through worship, through discipleship, through service, through fellowship with old believers and with new, we then move from being astounded to being filled with the Spirit. And we are reminded that being astounded is not the chief end of the power of God. Rather, it is only the beginning. And it is through the love that Jesus calls us to that we move from amazement to being filled with the Spirit. So be astounded. But then lean into love so that you might be filled. This message encourages us to not stay with being astonished, but to move beyond the magic show. Don't just chase the fix of an exciting experience. Don't just chase the experience that doesn't lead to a deeper, truer experience of the power of God. So be astounded, but don't allow yourself to stay there. Let the ways that God astounds you bring you into a deeper relationship with the power of God through the fulfilling power of the Holy Spirit that transforms you, that surely transforms others, and has the power to transform our world for the sake of the kingdom of God and for the sake of us all. Be astounded, but don't stay there. Will you pray with me? Eternal God, we give you thanks for the gift of being gathered with one another today. And we pray, Lord, that as often as we are amazed and astounded by your power and your love, that we would not just stay with being impressed, but that we would press deeper, that we would remain with one another and we would remain in you so that we might be filled with the Spirit the way the believers were, the way the early church was, and the way that we're called to for the sake of one another, for the sake of our lives and our souls, and for the sake of the world. And so, Lord, please astound us. But, Lord, also don't let us just stay there. Help us to embody and experience your love afresh, anew, and with great depth in this day and for these days that lie ahead. And it's in your name we pray today. Amen.